But what we learn is that you really can only do one thing at a time. I was talking to someone who was really dealing with some challenges in the workspace. And you got it in this class. So we are so thankful for Dawn, thankful for her time, thankful for her effort in putting all of this together to craft something. Um, but overall, the book teaches me a lot about um, self-awareness. Uh... She did a phenomenal job. Uh, I feel like this has, again, been one of the more relevant trends. Welcome to the Leaders Lounge. I am Dawn Morris, and we are ready to jump right in today. Welcome. I am doing something that I used to do a lot when I started in this space, this podcast space of teaching content that was curriculum based in nature versus having discussions. And I'm going back to this because I was asked to share my input on LinkedIn regarding to the regarding this and how it helps or detracts from great leadership. And so in my doing so, I started to do a little more research on the subject. And I wanted to share with everyone because some people may not be aware of this as a theory, maybe implementing it daily um, anyway, but I think it's good to know exactly what some of the uh, those people who the, the researchers have called it and then um, talk a little bit about what it means to us as we are trying our best to lead and lead effectively if in fact we implement this theory and the theory is called the leader member exchange theory the leader member exchange theory and so Someone by the name of George Grain, along with a few other researchers, developed this theory for how leadership works. And what they say is that they use a didactic approach to leadership between the leader and the member. And as I read about it, I'm just going to summarize what I believe um, it, it establishes. And, and what it is, is this, the notion that the quality of productivity and responsiveness between leader and member is related to the quality of relationship between them. So what that means is this, as a new team member comes on board, according to the leader member exchange theory, that relationship goes through four different modes. And those modes determine the level of productivity, the level of morale building, the level of loyalty that is established from the member to the leader. And as we are thinking about the leader member exchange theory, and I'm going to share with you what those four areas are, I want you to start thinking about, hmm, 
where are my team members as it relates to this? And is this even in practice where we should be? Or is it naturally or organically where folks are anyway? And if so, how can we level the playing field so that to the best of our ability, we are treating our team members um, equally because that's really the goal here. So I'm going to share with you all first those four layers that the leader member exchange theory says that uh, come into play. All right. So the first one is called role taking role taking. So when they're talking about role taking, what happens is um, the person comes into the to the team or onto the team and they have a role. So you give them tasks, you, you help them to understand what the vision of the team is, and then they're on their way. So they have a role and you're watching them as they are taking on their tasks. As the relationship develops, then what happens is it goes from role taking to what's called role making. So what this is, I've also um, heard it referred to as what's called acquaintanceship. So when we're talking about this role making area or acquaintanceship, what happens is the leader then goes from that first level where they're just watching the tasks to now they have developed more of a friendly relationship with the person um, who's on the team. Now, how can this happen? So it can happen either by having conversation, one-on-one -on -one conversations with the team member. It can happen by watching the team member do some certain tasks well, and as a result, um, now you're bringing that person in and maybe asking them some more questions about where they want to go in the, in the company. Um, it can also happen um, if you get good feedback on that person. And so now you're like, hmm, all right, this is not only someone who's doing the job, but they're doing it well. And I'm I'm developing a relationship because I'm hearing that they're a good, good team member also from others. So that's the second level. Now, the third level is what's called leadership making. Leadership making. So we've gone from role taking, role making to leadership making. Now, what is this called, this thing called leadership making? So as we're going down, and again, this didactic relationship that is being formed goes from that first level that we talked about where, hey, that person comes in, they're giving tasks, you're watching them. Next level, acquaintanceship. I'm getting to know them better. Third level, as I'm getting to know them now, I have established, we're establishing a loyalty. So as the relationship grows, I'm trusting them with greater responsibility. I'm trusting them with a greater level of confidentiality because I not only know them and their work, but I've seen them in a way where I can trust them with things beyond the initial tasks of the day, so to speak. All right. So again, this happens or is supposed to happen for every team member. So it's not just me and Johnny. I'm a form, forming this relationship with Johnny. If I have five members on the team, it's me, 
It's myself as the leader. And then I have Johnny, Sarah, Sue, Sally, and Paul. I am for each one of them forming this didactic relationship. So it's for Johnny, as Johnny comes in, Sue, Sally, Paul, and whatever, and, and I think Sarah, the fifth person who I said, um, I'm forming the same type of strategy with each of them. Now, it can go positively or negatively, which we'll talk about in a moment. First, I'm going to share with you the fourth stage. So the fourth stage is team making. So when we're thinking about team making, team making now is that last level. So that person is now part of what they call, and I'm going to shift this out for you all. Um, this is called the in-group. So if that person is somebody who has moved successfully through those three stages in our relationship, then now they are called a part of the in-group. And so at this level, I'm supposedly having a highest level of respect for that person and their work and our relationship is great. Now, what if things do not move along in that manner in a positive way? Well, the person is not a part of the in-group, but they are now a part of what is called the out-group. The out-group. So they may not be brought into the inner circle. They may not be brought into learning more things about the organization and about how we operate and all of those types of things because we haven't established that level of relationship. So for Jim, Johnny, and Sarah, we may be in the in-group or they may be in my in-group. But for the other two, they may be a part of this out-group. And now, as we're thinking about this as leaders, for me, as I was researching this, therein lied the challenge or lay the challenge, maybe. I think it's lay. My mom taught me for things, I think it's lay. So therein lay the challenge. Y'all let me know which one of these is correct. Um, or lays the challenge, just let me know. But at any rate, what this means is um, you have different dynamics going on on your team and it can be visible. And my challenge with this theory is that if people are or leaders are operating in this manner, it can create a very uncomfortable work environment ultimately because you have people who are feeling left out, who are not getting information the way other people are. And it's not to say that um, I had on my um, one of my teams when I was in Chicago and he's still somebody, I guess, who, according to this theory, would be a part of my in-group. Um, he would clean my desk for me. He made sure that everything was aligned correctly. Uh, we would go to breakfast together. Um, and, and he was a team member. He went from a role taking all the way down to um, team making because he demonstrated not only could he do his job, but he was a good person to work with. And there was a loyalty that was established. Now, 
there were other people who were supervisors on my team who I may not have been as close to, but I, and they would, would let me know, I'm sure. But for all of them, I believed that each of them brought different value to the team. And so for me, all of my supervisors were a part of my in-group because they all brought certain value and they brought certain energies. Now, their energies may be different. It's just like you have certain children. Um, and I, I, I often have heard Deion Sanders say, you know, um, you don't, all of your children are not your number one children. So don't, don't even say that. I think he's speaking in terms of that LMX theory where you have certain children who may be a part of your in-group or out-group. I only have one child. So, um, of course, he's in my in-group. Uh, but I think that um, I, I believe that as leaders, we have to be very careful if we operate in this didactic approach where we're, hey, let me see how this person is. And then if they're cool, I'm going to or if they operate in the way that I like them to or that we get along well, then they're part of my in-group and these people are part of what's called my out-group. We have to fundamentally treat our team members kindly no matter what. Now, there may be some team members who just don't act right. And, and I've had team members, of course, who I've had, I've had to terminate because they haven't done their jobs well. Uh, however, the level of respect has to be the same, no matter if you consider them to be a part of what's called the in-group or if you consider them to be a part of the out-group. You may not share all of the same information. I get that. I do understand that as loyalties develop, as people um, show what their skill sets are or their willingness to work within the confines of the team, then you may or may not have those people um, be a part of all of the goings on as things are developing and things are growing. Leaders have to be conscious of, number one, are you looking at this from an objective standpoint? And when you're talking about the acquaintanceship and the friendship, you may not necessarily be making your business decisions based on an objective place. And that is important. Now, we do understand team culture. You may have some people who do things well, but then they're not great to get along with. That's still objective because in a work environment, the two have to go together. You have to not only be someone who does your job well, but you have to be someone who gets along well with people. So as we are considering this approach, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because, again, I find it to be an interesting theory. I think it's the way that everybody should be as a leader. You need to get to know your people individually, and then you need to determine um, how they are positioned to operate long term on the team. You have to be cautious, however, to not bring in any biases in your um, determination of considering them to be a part of the quote unquote in group or quote unquote out group. So for instance, if I said the person who was on my team, who was a great team member, I, the person I considered to be a great team member because the person and I um, went to the same school together or the person um was someone who uh, was from my same neighborhood. 
those are biases and they have nothing to do with why I would choose that person to be a part of the in-group or the out-group, right? Um, or that person and I felt the same way about our manager. So we paired up together so that we could uh, formulate certain strategies against our manager or our director as he was. These things are not ways that are um, objective and, and lead to good cor corporate culture, right? So the leader member exchange theory, I think it's something that we definitely should understand and we should keep it in mind as we are leading and growing our teams with also the thought process related to, is this an objective way that I am evaluating and forming my relationships with my team members? All right. So just sharing that for today. Um, I hope you all find value in this and consider this. Look up for yourselves more information on this. It's a very interesting theory. And again, I wrote a little bit about it on LinkedIn. I may do some more on this as well. And some other leadership theories, because it's good to know different approaches to leadership and organizational development. I do have to also share with you all that coming up, we have an amazing program. It's called Sales Steps to Make Dead Presidents Money. And so I have two amazing speakers, uh, EJ Bassetti from Chicago, but now living in Atlanta. And he was an amazing salesperson and now is a national sales trainer. And then I also have, um, for those people who are here in Nashville with me, we have the great uh, Bill McCluskey, who is the um, head of my tech partners here. Bill's going to be talking about mastering the discipline of selling. EJ is going to talk about closing conversations and how to have the right framework and the right um, emotional context as we are looking to build and grow our business. Or even if you're in a career, how do you position yourself for conversation when you're looking for a job or looking to negotiate a promotion or a raise. So it's a great, great conversation. Again, go to worldclasstraining.net forward slash S-E-L-L. It's worldclasstraining.net forward slash S-E-L-L. And this is happening on February the 19th, 2024 at 9.30 a.m. It is President's Day, so you should be off anyway. And it is a virtual experience, so we don't have to worry about the weather. Again, worldclasstraining.net forward slash S-E-L-L for sales steps to make dead presidents. Please make sure to avail yourselves of that. Again, great, great information here. I hope you all take advantage of learning more about the leader member exchange theory and what it can mean for you and your organization. For us, remember, to register for Sales Steps to Make Dead Presidents. Just showing it one more time for you, Sales Steps to Make Dead Presidents. And I say you definitely want to be a part of this, no matter what, because we're all selling something. We are all selling something. So worldclasstraining.net forward slash S-E-L-L. And until next time, remember, when you are better, we are absolutely better. Let me just remove this brand for you all. And I will say to you all to take care.